0: Welcome to Malcolm Reed's How to Barbecue Right, a podcast where we talk about barbecue, share recipes, and discuss all things delicious. And now here's your host, Malcolm and Rochelle Reed.
1: Hey, welcome back to the How to Barbecue Right podcast. I'm your host Malcolm Reed, and I'm joined by my lovely and talented and tired wife, Shell. She stayed up <laughs> late. She that. stayed up late editing last night. We got a YouTube, we got a, a YouTube video that's going to come out
2: it's a good one too. Yeah. It's gonna be a banger.
1: Is it? Is a banger? <laughs> what is it, Chill? Uh
2: Cajun pork loin Cajun sandwich. Pork
1: loin. I tell you all what, I made this recipe last week. It probably, it probably was the best ten dollar pork loin I've ever cooked in my life. Yeah. And it, I mean, you know, take pork loin for granted. It's something that you know, it's it's cheap. You know, I used to cook a ton of them, so we kind of got burnt out on it because that was like. If people were coming over to the house for something, I was like, well, let's just throw some pork loins on the grill. Cause you can either cook them whole, cut them up in steaks and grill them, whatever you want to do. But 10, 15 bucks, you can feed a lot of people. Yep. And that was what I was thinking with this recipe was it would. Um, well, you go, found
2: it on sale. You were it, for one, it on sale.
1: It was on sale at Kroger. And I was wanting something where I could feed a bunch of people at deer camp. So I said, well, let me work on this recipe. We'll do something. If it turns out good, I'll, you know, we'll cook that a bunch this hunting season. And it was fire. It was really good. It was P- good.
2: Pork loin's kind of like turkey in the way that it's bland as it can no, be.
1: Don't have no taste. <laughs> <laughs> but it's an open canvas at the yeah, same time. Yeah, I remember back. So one of the times, this was early, early. Me and you, um, probably still dating. I don't even know if we were together, together. But we were over at your house, and we brought a smoker over, and we was cooking them and hanging out. Watching
3: you football. had you
1: had your big dog, your big brown lab, Bob. And he had watched us go in and out this smoker, you know, based in this pork loin we had on there, or whatever. It was one of those old backwoods parties that just had the magnetic doors. And he ended up going up, bumping that door, getting it to come open, and stealing one of our pork loins off that grill. I mean that, and that was that's probably fifteen years ago.
2: Probably more than and we'd that. we come
1: outside. He was licking his chops. He done ate a whole. You know, we had it was one of those big long ones. We had to split it in half to get it to fit on the backwoods. He ate the whole half. I mean, just like <laughs> in a matter of seconds. I bet he was sick for two weeks after that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he just sat there and watched y'all all day and was like, "That's how I'm gonna do it." Yep. As
1: soon as they, <laughs> I have got this. Let the fools go back in there to make them some drinks. <laughs>
2: the Second, he nobody was out there.
1: <laughs> like, what's
2: going on? That's probably more like twenty years ago. It
1: probably it was. It was. It was a long. It was. I, you know what? I bet it was eighteen years ago. It's like two thousand four. No joke. Football season, 2004.
2: Anyway, this pork loin, you did a Cajun flavor.
1: I did. So, well, you got to put some flavor on the inside of a pork loin. You can do it two ways. You can either brine it. It does fantastic in a brine if you have the time. You can soak them overnight. You know, you can do whatever kind of flavor brine you want, just like you can a turkey. Or you can inject them, and you can inject whatever you want in them. They're doing really good. I was. brine and inject? Yeah. Yeah, you can. I mean, that's the ultimate. <laughs> you want to do that. But I was, I've was i been working on um, a new Cajun kind of my, my version of a Cajun butter injection. And I was like, I'm going to try this out on pork loin, see how it tastes. And so that's what I did. I just, I mean, you could use a store-bought one if you got a favorite one, if you got a favorite recipe. That part don't matter. The whole part about that is get some flavor inside that pork loin. And mine is like chicken broth, butter, hot sauce, Cajun seasoning. You know, tweaking that and just shooting it and filling as, getting as much in it as you can. I think the one that I cooked was right at five pounds or a little over five five pounds. It was like a dollar nine and a pound. I think it was $10.24. Mm-hmm. So it was you right there. You said the recipe,
2: we started five pounds and now we've injected it. I bet it's six <laughs> Yeah, because
1: I did. Well, I'm, I had, I made up my little, my little recipe I'm working on makes two cut or like 16 ounces. And I said, I had that in the container. I was like, well, I'm probably, when I was making the video, I said, I'm probably, I'm trying to get a cup in it, eight ounces. That's just a good gold. At least get that. It kept taking it and you're going to lose some of it. Whenever you're injecting a piece of meat, you're going to lose some of the liquid, but I keep taking it as long as I, long as it can, because it's more flavor to get in there. And, um, it, it ended up taking, I almost got 16 ounces pumped up in that five pounder. That was, it was, it was, it was heavy. But I scored the fat, left the fat on it. I didn't trim it all down. I wanted some of that fat to kind of render down, give me some flavor. And I cooked it a little higher temperature, like 275, to get that fat to get a little kind of crispy on top because it'll spread out and open up. And those little chunks over that lean meat are just delicious. They melt in your mouth. It gives it a richness. I rubbed it down with Creole mustard, seasoned it with King Crawl Cajun seasoning.
2: You did say something in the video Um that I really liked, you said I went heavy with the Creole mustard as a binder because it's not just a binder, it's also giving me texture. In
1: this case, because... Yeah, in
2: this case, because of the grain.
1: Yeah, the Creole mustard has a lot of mustard seed in it, so it has a texture to it. And normally, if you just use regular yellow mustard that's super smooth, it's thin, you spread that on, and it just kind of dissipates. It melts out in the cook, and you can't even really tell it's on there, but the Creole mustard leaves those mustard seeds, that coarseness behind. And so you get um, a really good flavor, especially if you're doing like Cajun seasonings, because it has that almost a horseradishy bite where a Creole mustard's got some spice to it. It has a ton of flavor. And it's, In that in that case with pork loin, it's, it's really, really good. Yeah, it is. And then you pair it with a Cajun seasoning and you could use whatever kind of Cajun seasoning you like. And you know, I've got the King Crawl that I like, but if you've got a favorite one, go with that too. But it gives it, you're going to have a nice contrast from the herbiness of the seasoning some spice in the Cajun seasoning, the graininess of the mustard, it all plays together. And that, with the really good Cajun injection, makes that recipe the Cajun pork loin. And so, cooking it, it was simple.
2: Yeah. So you scored the fat,
1: you scored uh, the fat, cooked it fat up so that fat can open up and kind of render down around. You uh, um, used the binder, seasoned it with King uh, craw. That's right. Got it on the pit. 275, I use pecan pellets. You could use what, it don't matter what kind of wood you use on that. Pecan's one of my favorites and it, it goes kind of with that Creole, Cajun, Louisiana flavors. So I, I like using pecan in that case, but um, I put a meat probe in it and I cooked it to where it's 135 internal. Now, a lot of people say, well, that's not high enough for pork loin. It is because you want pork loin to go to about 140, 145 and no more. It's going to be so dry you can't eat it. If it has like a slight pink tinge it's still okay yeah. this didn't because when you take it to 135 and you're cooking it at 275 degrees it's going to carry over um to about probably 143 that's usually what i see seven eight degrees right there it won't it won't hardly go 10 degrees but it will go about 142 143 guaranteed that's with a 10 to 15 minute rest and you want to let it rest because after you've cooked it and you know you've raised the temperature up and you pushed pushing that injection out pushing that moisture out of it Um, there's a lot of heat building up on the outside. And if you go slicing it right away, all that that moisture is going to just be out and be all over your cutting board. But if you let it stop and let it carry over and let those temperatures calm down and redistribute, it'll raise the internal core temperature of it, and you'll have a juicier piece of pork. So at that point, it was time to make it into a sandwich. Now, as we were eating and trying this one, and you all probably saw me in the video, grab a slice and try it. It would have been awesome as chops at that point. Like, if you wanted to serve you that for a dinner. Sliced it thick. Uh, yeah. If you were doing that, you could do that for Thanksgiving, Christmas. I don't care. If you just want to eat some pork, some really good roast pork. How many slices do you think you would have gotten out of that? If um, you sliced it into a. Like, say, the eight-ounce portion? Yeah. Shoot, one. I didn't. So, it did a pork loin, you don't lose a whole lot in start start weight and finish weight. So, I would, I would bet that I still had. Four and a half pounds of product. So if you say a half pound each serving, that's eight, nine, ten slices. You yeah. know, it would be easily served eight to ten people. Uh, eight-ounce pork. Now, eight-ounce portion of pork, of pork loin is a pretty hearty piece. Yeah. It really is. But I sliced it thin because I knew I was going to make a sandwich with it. And I started slicing it and slicing it. And I probably, I was thinking, man, we could. I, I counted the sandwiches I could have made. Going, going healthy on it. Which if, if I put a sandwich, it's a big, put close to a big boy sandwich. Meat. Yeah, I could have made nine, ten, easy, easy. So I was happy with that with the the quantity that it yielded.
2: So how did you assemble this Cajun pork loin so sandwich?
1: We, we started with the big old bunny jumbo burger bun, toasted it because you need to you need to get it a little toasty so it'll stand up to the weight of all this delicious Cajun pork you're gonna put on it. Yeah, and you can put some creamy mayo on it. So I put some blue plate mayonnaise on the bottom of that bun, some of my spicy garlic pickles because I wanted um, – you could have went deal, but I think the spicy garlic – They
2: made it, really. They it, it, kicked it, it up. It gave
1: it a sweet – you got a sweetness, some crunch, and then it had another little heat element that mm-hmm. was different that those spicy garlic have. Fantastic on that sandwich. Yeah. Like you would, I don't like the spicy garlic. I like to eat them. Don't get me wrong. They're great on certain stuff. They go really good with pork, like a burger. I don't. I'm not yeah, crazy about putting those burger. on my burger. I'm a deal man on my burger, but when I'm eating pork or chicken or something like that, that offset sweet crunch with the heat and the in the garlic flavor goes fantastic. I agree. So after the mayo and the pickles, I started slot, piling up that sliced pork, and I just shingled it up till it was you know man height. I don't know if I. <laughs> it's a
2: big sandwich. It was a big sandwich. Me and Michael split one.
1: Yeah, and then to top it off creamy creole slaw and this is a coleslaw that you absolutely must try i wanted to keep that same creole mustard that i used as a binder going in a slaw so i bought a bag of it's coleslaw you know yeah, it's cabbage it's and carrots regular just shred it up and then i took a sweet vidalia onion it was a big vidalia so i halved it i didn't want the full onion in it but i wanted to get some onion for some texture in that slaw sliced it super thin like kind of like a julienne slice to where it's a longer piece of onion, but it's paper thin. You can almost see through it. Mix that in with the cabbage. Separate bowl, blue plate mayo to make it creamy. Creole mustard, same Creole we used as a binder to give it that grainy, mustardy flavor. Um, Had to have a little bit of vinegar. I just used some red wine vinegar, a little sugar to balance it out, and salt and pepper. That was It was that easy. I mixed all that up, and I've got the – I've got the recipe that they'll be in the description or they'll be on the website. The exact measurements to make this slaw dressing, but you pour that mixture, you combine it, you pour that mixture over the the cabbage, carrots, and the onion, and you gotta let it mix it up and let it sit. It needs one to two hours in the refrigerator. Just put some plastic wrap over it, something like that.
2: It really calms that onion down.
1: Oh, it to, you don't even know the onions in there. Yeah, it gets everything super soft. The vinegar and the sugar start breaking it down, and you I mean you get that um will bite of the creole mustard mm-hmm. but the the mayo the blue plate that keep it with those louisiana theme keeps it creamy and so it's a slaw it's like huh you think this is regular slaw but it but, it but you can tell it's it, it, yeah, yeah it has something else to it and you know i don't
2: like a real coarse grainy horseradishy mustard you know yeah. or
1: the
2: i don't i'm not crazy about it but using it in that pork loin and in that slaw it I
1: loved it. Yeah, it went, it went really well. Yeah. And so I piled up that on top of that sandwich, put that top bun on and rolled them sleeves up. That's one you go, <laughs> that's one you got to lean back, you know, get your feet in the right position, ease over the table, keep your belly back so it don't get all yeah. over you and just dive in. It's a good one for uh, $20. I would pay I said that's a $20 sandwich right there all day long. Any menu. 15. 20. That's a 20. <laughs> But so for the price of one sandwich, you don't know, make your money back on the pork loin. Yeah, <laughs> And it's a $10 piece of pork. I mean, that's what's crazy about it. It's so cheap. Why Why pork loin is priced like that? I, I don't know. Yeah. You get right. ribs. Now, ribs are great. Don't get me. I'm a, I mean, I love ribs. Love them. But as far as the meat ratio, and they just sell that pork loin so cheap. You can and it's a blank canvas. You can do so much yeah. with it.
2: Um, so yeah, that video's live. Try it. I'll check be it doing. Out. I think
1: I'm going to doing that for Thanksgiving. I'm you, gonna do a turkey and pork loin to have something different, and I'm just gonna do that Cajun pork loin. I'm a, yeah, it, you, you know we're not gonna make sandwiches, it, but yeah,
2: you usually do it at Christmas. Can you, you imagine the
1: double loin. decker smoked turkey with the Cajun pork loin on a sandwich? That'd be pretty good. I have to make the best leftover. That's why I'm doing it so I can make leftover sandwiches.
2: <laughs> so um we. Did our Mossy Oak Gamekeeper giveaway? We did. We picked a winner, Joshua Harris.
1: Josh, congratulations, Joshua. Thanks for yeah. replying. What, which uh, package did he pick? Wild game. Okay, good.
2: Yeah. So he's going to get the wild game package, and hopefully he'll enjoy it. You know, that's it. some
1: good insight for Mossy Oak to see which package people like the best, just yeah. by how they picked on that. I didn't yeah. think about that at the time, but looking we at it. did some research for it. Yeah, that's some field research <laughs> right there. That's a great focus group. People yeah. that like to grill. They're part of a grilling community page, and which how they're picking these packs. Because I would if I I have no idea. I didn't look through all the comments. Tyler had some kind of random each generator that would pick a person for you. I guess it's like a plug-in app or something, and it it spits out just one random comment, and that's how we got the thing. But I bet if you went through there and looked, there's probably more wild game packs, and I'd be I bet it was seventy five twenty five. What do you think? one. yeah. Just from the, the the small sample that I looked at scrolling through there, because I was interested to know that's what I would have picked. Last weekend we made the trek to north of Atlanta, Georgia,
2: Roswell mm-hmm. to the Royal Oak for the Royal Oak Invitational. Invitational. We rolled up on two wheels because <laughs> <laughs> we wrapped our podcast, jumped in the car, drove to Georgia. Stop! We did stop at Bucky's. We stopped at Bucky's, got some Christmas pajamas, um. <laughs> Jerky. We the jerky. <laughs> jerky and some beaver nuggets, and then we uh pulled up over there at uh Royal Oak. I don't know, uh, most people probably have not been to the Royal Oak campus, but yeah. it is pretty amazing. Oh man, it's beautiful. It is. It's, I've never been to a corporate campus like that. They have a- it
1: stuck in kind of the hills a little bit. You wouldn't know it, yeah. but it has, like, out in front of it, it has this beautiful, like, forest, and they have, like, a lake, and there's deer out there, and this is just, like, right behind a Home Depot. Yeah. Like, it, you know, this is the city, and it is just, they have this outdoor cooking, like, pavilion with the kitchen and everything for, like, entertaining, Huge and they've got pavilion. these bridges yeah. you walk across going to it, and the building's pretty, too, you know, but it's a, that's a neat place. It really is perfect place for them to do a contest like mm-hmm. that because they have a pretty good size parking lot in the back it's kind of tiered because it's on a hill so you have one level and you got some stairs and you go up to another parking level but you, they got a lot of teams in there i don't know i don't know exactly how many was there but i would i bet it's 50 i don't know we you know it was a lot i saw a lot of buddies there shout out to richard fergola fergalicious barbecue he won
2: Rub My Rat uh, came in
1: second, and the Smoke Barbecue was third awesome. overall. Yeah. They had an SCA uh, contest on Friday. I talked to Brett for a brief second while I was there. Um, I don't remember who won the.
2: Speaking of SCA.
1: Oh, yeah. No, I got a shout out for some of my Georgia people. Riley, the steak princess, right? They went over to Milledgeville, Georgia, and she won first place. Perfect score in the state contest, the SCA state contest. In Milledgeville, only, only the ninth person in SEA history to get a perfect score, but the youngest ever. Isn't that amazing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She did it on a hasty bait. I think it the, the small little hasty bait, two fifty. She's sixteen. Yeah, I think she 15, just turned sixteen, 16 yeah. this year. Yeah. I thought that was incredible. Yeah. When her dad texted me, he's like, Man, we're so excited, you know, Riley. She got her she got two golden tickets because she did uh she got an ancillary golden ticket to World Foods. I, and or and uh, the SCA too. Mm-hmm. So, she's, that's awesome.
2: Yeah, a perfect score
1: is <clears throat> almost yeah. impossible, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've never got one. Not a perfect perfect yeah. score. I mean, that's, that's that's incredible. Impressive, yeah. Her mom got first place in the they had a baloney appetizer or a baloney ancillary and she made uh baloney pig shots. It was like, I asked Russell, I said, okay, tell me what a bologna pig shot is, because I I need to know. And he said she did like uh, bologna burn ends, Mm -hmm. and then she cut some thinner pieces of bologna and kind of wrapped it around it like that was the bacon, Uh and made it to where it had like, you put the cream cheese in the top of it, and then uh, drizzled it all with Killer Hog's vinegar sauce. And she got first place, and I said, that sounds Delicious
2: It does
1: sound delicious <laughs> I was like You may see me Doing I, a i am I'm gonna have to get, get with Karen So she'll share me The you know The recipe and Doesn't mind If I recreate that
2: Um, That took some work
1: Heck The yeah. knife work on that oh. oh yeah I wish I I didn't ask For a picture of it I need to see If he got a picture yeah. of it But oh. congratulations To them Over at Milledgeville That's a You know I've been over At Milledgeville And cooked It's a beautiful place Yeah We went over there And cooked a, They used to have An M B N contest there and we did. Is that
2: the one on the train tracks?
1: No. Oh. It's like in a little, it's the one the MBN was, was like downtown um, buildings all around, you know, but it was an old, it's an old town. I, think I it, love those. I want to say Millensville used to be the capital of Georgia at one time. I don't know. This was 1800, like civil, I guess civil war time or whatever. So it's an old, like southern town, you know, a lot of history to it and stuff. It's pretty cool. A lot cool. of cool architecture yeah, and yeah. things
2: like that. Yeah. Um, I want to talk to you about something really quick, and then we got a guest we're bringing on.
1: Oh, yeah. Chef Matt, what uh Mr. Mr. Make, Make It, it, it Happen. Happen himself is here today. <laughs> so, uh,
2: but first, real quick, I wanted to talk to you about a hot debate going on in the community right what, now. <laughs> uh, uh, what,
1: so, what is the hot debate in the community? Is it something juicy?
2: Not really. It's about blue plate man. Oh, blue plate mayonnaise.
1: <laughs> That's a hot topic. <laughs>
2: My opinion, it's the best mayonnaise on the planet, <laughs> and I guess I can officially uh, say that they're paying us to say that. Now. <laughs> <Right>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they're paying you to say it's the best mayonnaise on the planet. They're just, they're you know, they're they're
2: sponsor they're, <clears throat> of the How to Barbecue Right podcast. I,
1: this goes to show you that if you're persistent and you talk about something enough, <laughs> that people will listen, <laughs> and they hey, they appreciated what we were doing, so they agreed to help us out on the podcast. Yeah, so that, hey, I'm, welcome blue plate. I have been eating blue plate mayonnaise. You could tell. <laughs> for 47 years.
2: That's what
3: I don't you know. I don't wanted. know how
1: old I was when I ate my first spoon of blue plate. No. I am not. I am not that's one thing I can say. I do not eat, I'm not a spoon liquor. I am not a spoon licker. I know there's a bunch of y'all out there that spoon liquors unite. Me and Mark were talking about the <laughs> peace. Yeah. But I am not a spoon liquor. I I love mayonnaise. I love blue plate mayonnaise. So what is the debate? Um, Is blue plate better I guess someone
2: than someone ordered the blue plate off Amazon? Because yeah. you know it's kind of yeah, a regional yeah, yeah. Yeah. mayonnaise.
1: I um, think it should be in every store. And across they said America. it just tastes like mayonnaise. <laughs> I you <agree>. know what? <laughs> I agree wholeheartedly. It does taste like rich, creamy mayonnaise. The way they've been making it since it started in New Orleans, Louisiana. But anyway, so that
2: sparked a big debate. Does it taste
1: any different? It doesn't taste like mustard, does it?
2: Everybody had an opinion on what was the best.
1: I mean. <laughs> <laughs> it tastes like mustard. <laughs> <laughs> then we'd have a problem. As long as it don't taste like Miracle Whip or mustard, we are good.
3: I don't even consider Miracle Whip to be a part of this conversation. It's a
2: salad dressing. It's
3: not. It's not even a mayo, is it? It's like a real, like if you're doing like a taste test and you taste, like there's no way you're going to miss what Mir- <laughs> like,
1: yeah. Miracle So you've Whip got Blue Plate is. and you've got all the others. And the others are good. Don't get me wrong. You know what they taste like to me. Mayonnaise. mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> it's just something about the creaminess a of bl- it blue, pl- blue plate doesn't. It doesn't. T- it's not trying to be a salad dressing. It's trying to be good old mayonnaise, the way my granny served it to me when I was a kid. So I
2: guess did you see most of the comments, Tyler? Yeah, a
1: lot of them. Yeah. How many com- Like how many comments are y'all talking? This the mayonnaise. That's pretty impressive that a mayonnaise topic okay. could get. It was growing. Uh, it's a very hot topic really? in our community, at least. You yeah. Know? yeah. Hey, Everybody's got an opinion. I think... That's it, important. Some people like Duke's. Some people like... Yeah.
3: Duke's, is, Plate, a, Dukes is a
1: very popular mayonnaise.
3: I did see some crafts on there, and I have some questions crafts. for y'all. You know? I mean, I just personally, I... Yeah.
2: I like I, craft. It's craft. Okay.
3: I think if you have, like, a... I think we have defined taste buds, and, like, that's why we can tell yeah. the very specific difference between them all. <laughs> and everything craft, to me, has, like, such a minute, like, plasticky flavor to it, in my opinion. Yeah. Blue Plate is just, like... It's the perfect balance <laughs> in my opinion. So,
1: so here's the deal. If you if you if you get a jar of blue plate, you open it up, you taste it, and you just think it tastes like mayonnaise. Well, obviously, you don't have good taste buds. <laughs> you just got regular taste buds. Regular. Yeah,
2: That's what Tyler saying. You think, yeah, you probably think Lay's potato chips are good.
1: You just got. You don't have refined I taste buds. I love
2: Lay's potato chips. If you've
1: got refined taste buds, <laughs> if you can taste the fine <laughs> things, like a good bourbon, like an exquisite aged bottle of wine, or like Blue Plate mayonnaise. <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs>
1: Grey Poupon. Grey Poupon, yeah. I also you have an update. that tastes very good. I have an update for you guys
3: from Blue Plate themselves. They said it does not have to be refrigerated after it's opened. No, so, I don't believe that. Don't, I'm go.
1: not standing by that. <laughs> you mean yeah. you can leave blue plate out in spoken. the pantry coming from the pu- <laughs> <And> it, <laughs> no. I ain't buying it. My, granny not, it. my granny did not teach me that shit. It stays refrigerated. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, I don't want my mayonnaise to sit out. I don't either. You put a room temperature mayonnaise on a sandwich. I want it to be cold. Yeah. Not froze, but you know, I want it. I want a refrigerator temp. There is a a mental
2: thing that goes on when you smear some water. I have have
1: seen that, you know, there's been all these things about you shouldn't, if you go to these family functions or tailgates or whatever, stay away from the mayonnaise dishes because that's, you know, the mayonnaise has been out and it's going to, it's probably not the mayonnaise that gets you sick. It's the other ingredients that have attracted some kind of foodborne or people didn't wash their hands or something, but. I'm sure it has just, to be
3: like sealed, right, for this to work. Like if you left it in like an open canister bottle that has like no top or something like that. You know, like sh- a butter
1: bowl or something? <laughs> yeah,
3: like or like a squeezy bottle or something that does have a like a hole at the oh, top, you know? Uh, Subway leaves their <laughs> squeezy.
1: They just bang it and go to squirting. Isn't that like a refrigerated cooler? <laughs> it's supposed to be, but how cold is Subway's refrigerated <laughs> table? I don't know. So shell, I see we've got Chef Matt, Mr. Make It Happen, in the virtual green room. We're going to bring him on, and we're going to see what he's up to over, uh, I think he's in Virginia Virginia. Beach. Uh, Matt, welcome to How to Barbecue Right Podcast, man. How's it going?
0: Great, man. Excited to be here. Been a a big fan of yours for a very long time, so happy to uh, sit down and chat with you for a little bit.
1: Yeah, man. I was excited when Tyler mentioned that that you were going to come on and chat with us. I know you're uh, buddies with with our mutual acquaintance, Mr. A.B., and uh, he does a lot of good things, and he he speaks awful highly of you, man.
0: I appreciate it. I, I'm I'm happy to hear that. Yeah, he's a good. We've we uh, actually reached out to me via via Instagram. Probably, man, it might be two years now. So I've been, you know, we've been, uh, you know, doing some collaborations on on YouTube. We have got the cookbook together, so. Uh, over the years, we've become pretty pretty tight. So AB's a good guy. Yeah, I got to get me a copy of that cookbook.
2: Yeah, he, y'all got a cookbook?
1: He told me yep. about it uh, when we were out in California last month, and I was like, "Man, you got I got to get a copy of that. Where can I get one?" I'll <laughs> well, send you one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd love to have it, man. It, I know. Uh, I know he's got some great recipes, and I know, I'm sure you got some great ones in there too. That's an awesome collab.
0: Yeah, man, we uh, it's it's a, a painful process. I'm surprised you don't have one. Yeah, uh, out yeah. There at, as of yet, but uh, it, it's definitely um, it's a lot of work. But it, it's been worth it. You know, we had a couple of hiccups right in the middle of COVID with paper shortages and labor shortages and all that good <laughs> stuff. So. We did it at the uh, at the perfect time.
2: <laughs> How long did it take y'all to compile the cookbook?
0: So luckily, you know, in, in our business, we're, you know, capturing the recipes and, and taking pictures with thumbnails and stuff like that. So we had quite a bit of uh, stuff that was, you know, usable when it came time to do the cookbook. Um, so it, that kind of shortened it a bit, but I would say a good seven to eight months, maybe. Um, plus, he lives in California. I live in Virginia. So just you know, the logistics of coordinating all of that was, uh, you know, slowing it down a bit as well. So I'd say between six and nine months, if you if you you know put it all together and focus on it, you probably knock it out. Probably shorter than that if you're not working with somebody else.
1: It's a, it is a big commitment. We've looked at doing one before. We've been working on one for ten <laughs> yeah, years. Yeah, <laughs> haven't got <gotten> very far. <laughs> it's worth it. I'm not
0: sure you uh, you would do Yeah. Well yeah. With it.
2: Well, I, I got a question. Where, so, where did the name come from, Mr. Make It Happen?
0: That's a good question. It's actually not food related at all. So, uh, <laughs> it's funny. So, uh, this was a long time ago. A friend of mine was having a bachelor party, and uh, his best man, so to speak, you know, typically best men are, are you know, tasked with uh, putting everything, the logistics together for the bachelor party. So, uh, like the day before we're supposed to fly to Miami, everything kind of fell apart. And uh, I made a couple phone calls and I basically com- kind of came in and-, and orchestrated everything and put it together. So I was giving him uh, a hard time the whole trip there telling him, you know, don't address me as Mr. Make it Happen because I came in and kind of fixed everything. <laughs> and, um, you know, it kind of stuck after that weekend and then I needed an Instagram name. So there it was. And the rest is history. It actually kind of. I love of it. Food. I love that. Yeah. yeah. You're just, the wolf stuck with it. <laughs> that's, <Yeah. laughs>
1: that's exactly what I was saying. We call it the Winston Wolf, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> From Pulp Fiction, you got to have a Mr. Make it Happen type. <laughs> that's, <important. laughs> I mean, that's the guy that gets it done, no matter what yeah. the circumstances. No questions asked. So no it questions asked. You go with it. <laughs> there we go. And then, I mean, but it, it falls applies right. Applies to
0: food, so I kept kept you know stuck yeah. with it.
1: Exactly. That's what I was saying. It goes right with, you know, recipes and cooking videos and all that. Right. Because
2: there's a lot of times when you just got to make it happen. Got to make it happen.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, When I was switching over, so I was starting to post food content. I tried to start a separate Instagram. um, And I had such a, you know, better following on my personal that I ended up just. Killing the the food Instagram and kind of merging everything together and Mister Make It Happen with Instagram, name I just stuck with it.
1: So, are you a chef by trade, or is it, or is it something that you just have a passion for? You got into food, or how did that come about?
0: I didn't go to culinary school. Um, it's just something I've been doing since forever. Since you know, probably turned eighteen when I moved out. I kind of had the the hangout spot at my apartment when we were young, and I used to cook, and people would tell you that it tastes good and. Once people give you a few compliments, you're like, oh, maybe I should, you know, investigate this a little further. Um, and just stuck with it. My, my dad was uh, really into cooking. And when he passed away, I kind of found myself, you know, getting more interested in the things that he was interested in. he was into hunting and cooking and, you know, a lot of stuff on the grill. Um, and, you know, I just kind of found myself getting interested in some of the things that he was interested in. And, and then I just got obsessed with cooking from there. So uh, the rest is history.
1: Yeah, man. I, I think you know, having a background like that, you, you it shows that you do have a passion for it. It's just not something you're, you know, went to school and learned. And, and it's
2: Something you had to do in your yeah, out. yeah. That's
1: right. That's right. you had to take the initiative to to to, to care about it, to want to put the effort right. in, and that's what cooking sure. is to me. I mean, that's, I'm the same way. I'm not professionally trained at all. I mean, I worked in a few. You know, kitchens back in the day, but that was just out of needing beer money. <laughs> You're right. You're right. <laughs> the passion yeah. didn't come. I mean, I didn't realize it, but I was, you know, crazy about cooking the same kind of way.
0: It took me forever to, to start posting stuff. Like I just kind of did it as a hobby, and you know, anytime people would come over, I'd use it as an opportunity to, you know, let them try stuff um, that I was working on. And then friends were like, "Hey man, you need to post this on the internet." I was like, "Ah," oh, <laughs> so. Um, yeah, and it, just, it just took me forever, man. I saw a, a Facebook memory the other day. You know, they show you stuff that you posted a long time ago, it was like five or six years ago, talking about I'm about to start a YouTube channel. And I, I didn't start it until a little over two years ago, so I could have had four more years in the game.
2: <laughs> yeah, you've grown a while. lot in two years.
1: Yeah, that's amazing yeah. the the growth that you've had on your channel and, and the support. I mean, that's that's that says something about your, yeah, recipes.
0: the pandemic. Probably, I started it at the best time ever to start a food youtube channel probably right Uh, so january right before the pandemic was when we started so um i'll take some of the credit but i think that that definitely helped
2: so which of your youtube recipes is your most popular the one that you probably had the most views on the one people right now it's
0: um i think it's a seafood boil bag so you know, those are historically very popular right now. I think I read an article talking about the crab leg shortage. So I think we've eaten <sighs> eaten all the crabs in the ocean. Um, but the seafood boil bag was is my most popular. Um, and then right behind that, I think, is like a simple like fried cabbage recipe. Uh, my first video that actually kind of took off was like a bang-bang shrimp copycat recipe. So I don't know if you guys have bonefish yeah. in Memphis, but um, we did bang-bang yep. shrimp Um One of the first videos we posted and it kind of immediately started getting some traction. I was like, oh man, this YouTube thing is going to be a breeze. Um.
1: <laughs> in your bang bang sauce, what kind of mayo are you using?
0: I'm a Duke's guy. <laughs>
3: hey, yeah, that's
1: okay. yeah, you are that's, Virginia. Yeah. We're, 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 yeah. we're 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 a blue plate house down here. That's what Shell will say. So, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> but I knew I it had to have I've some in have there. Duke's and
0: yeah, the Old Bay go on just about everything. Else. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> so we've we, we've we've got the uh, cage of two step and blue plate. <laughs> <laughs> <I like it. laughs> no, but no that's a I, I love bang bang shrimp that's what that's one of my you know yep. you got to get that appetizer anytime you go to a restaurant that have it and you see it called all different kinds of stuff i think bonefish must have started the bang bang part but i think so it's boom boom and I mean, i've seen i've seen all kinds <laughs> of different things but yep. yeah yep. dynamite shrimp yeah yeah do you fry started out
0: making stuff that i like yeah i fried mine in a, a cornstarch um is is kinda how I bread it, make sure it holds up to that thick sauce and it's delicious. I, I like I said, I started out just making stuff that one I felt like I could make really well and two stuff that I like before I realized that YouTube's more about what the people wanna see instead of what, what you want to <laughs> make. So I had to learn that over the over the years too.
2: Do you have a recipe that you think is like just a fire recipe? But you never got the views or it never got the, you know. Play the play almost that you thought them. it should have <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh almost every time i'm like this is the one it never it never happens yeah it's always yeah. it's always the video that i i you know almost didn't post so i got a prime rib video i did i hate that video and it you know it's got probably <laughs> you know getting it's getting close to a million probably around six hundred, seven hundred thousand. so maybe this holiday season it'll get get up there around a million but I almost didn't post that video. Though. I just didn't like the way it came out. I didn't like the way it looked. I like the recipe. It just didn't like. You know, sometimes it doesn't translate the way you you see it in your head versus the yeah. way it looks on on the video. It's like oh, that's kind of ugly, but people like it. So,
1: so how how did you get comfortable filming what you were cooking in the kitchen? That that's always something that that I find that it's the bit, one of the biggest challenge. I mean, you know. A lot, there's a lot of great cooks and a lot of people cook great at home, but to be able to translate, to capture that, to get it edited, mm-hmm. and to get it out there that you're willing to share—that's a big step, man. So how how yeah. did you kind of come a part of that? Yeah, and have people receive it? Yeah, and want to watch it.
0: And that's that's one of the things when people come up asking me for advice, which still feels kind of crazy to me. But that's what I tell them <laughs> is like, it's, mostly it's consistency, right? So anybody that when you, the first time you're doing something, you're not going to be that great at it. Um, so my early videos, to me. The quality is not great. The lighting's, it looks like we're cooking in the dark. Like the lighting's not good. The audio's not good, but you just got to be willing to keep showing up and keep trying and until you get it right and get comfortable. Um, so there's really no, there's no shortcut to it unless you're just naturally gifted or, you know, really good at talking or whatever the case may be. But for most of us, the rest of us, uh, you just got to keep grinding and keep working at it. Um, I started out doing just voiceovers. I didn't, Start you know kind of speaking into the camera in my videos until uh, here recently, and I think that's kind of started to give me another little uh, boost in, in uh, how well my channels perform. And when I made that change, I started to notice a little bit uh, more growth coming along. So just getting comfortable, man. The voiceovers were a pain, and then I figured out you know how to do that, and now I'm trying to you know get myself a little more comfortable talking into the camera now too.
1: I think it's ever evolving. You're always learning, you know. Oh, yeah. What you could do better.
2: We had this conversation yesterday. I said the only way to make good videos is to make a bunch of bad ones first. (laughs) It really is. Oh,
0: yeah. Uh, For sure.
1: You can't. And and I think, I mean, I I subscribe to the idea that there's not bad ones, it's showcasing your journey along the way and what you're learning. So we put you put something out there, it may not do as well as you think it should, but you're going to have those OG fans that watch mm. it and they want to go through that with you like we we call it the yellow kitchen days that's like back when we started over 10 yep. years ago we didn't know along the same way you did it's like we we just put stuff out there and didn't stop to watch
2: them we day. didn't look yeah,
1: yeah. we <laughs> didn't but i mean you know i don't want to say we didn't pay a, attention to the comments i mean we saw what people were posting and the majority of them were positive but then you're always going to get those negative ones and those are the ones that are you know that kind of weigh on you and you just kind of Take, take those as a grain of salt and keep on doing what you're doing, like you said.
0: Yeah, that's that's definitely part of, uh, that's another another thing that I try to tell people is you got to, you know, some people are, are the type of people that are going to leave those comments on, on the YouTube channels and, and whatever, Instagram or wherever it might be. You just got to kind of keep pushing and, and focus on the folks that are giving you the positive feedback. Because, you know, some people, if they're just starting out, those things can be real discouraging. I, I think that the people that are leaving the negative comments don't really take that into account and you got somebody that's you know chasing their dreams and trying to figure this thing out, and you're going to come shoot them down. And some people take that to heart and quit, or you know don't don't you know take to it as yeah, much as let they it stop would. them. Right? So it's important to kind of have thick skin in, in the YouTube business.
1: That's what I was going to say. You have to. <laughs> yeah. You, know? you can't let that bother you at all, or you won't get. You'll never accomplish anything. Yeah. You know? Right. That's not on YouTube. That's life. It's just easy for somebody <laughs> to throw that shade on you in YouTube.
0: It's easy to be a keyboard keyboard cowboy. Exactly.
2: (laughs) So um, I've seen you cooking on a Big Green Egg on your channel. Would you say that's your go-to favorite grill?
0: I love the Big Green Egg. So that's, I actually, when I first got into cooking, I was in love with barbecue. And that's actually kind of how I came across your channel probably 10 years ago. Um, Long before I ever thought I'd be on YouTube. But um, yeah, barbecue was my my passion before I kind of, got into cooking all the way I would say but yeah the big green egg is my favorite I probably use the traeger a little more often just because it's so easy it's kind of cheating a little bit but I'm a purist <laughs> a, a little bit I, I w- if I would rather use a stick burner but it just takes so long as you know when it's time to have some people over unless you don't really have much plan for the day you know you kind of opt for the, the, the easier the easier stuff so but yeah the big green egg is my my definitely my favorite grill.
1: I like mixing it up like that, too, like you're doing, because it just showcases it. And that's what I always say is, like, everybody has different grills at home. We don't all have eggs. We don't all have stick burners. We don't all have Traegers. Right. But if you showcase kind of cooking on all of them, it gives people an idea that, hey, I can do this on whatever I
0: have. Exactly. You and that's, that's the same thing applies in the kitchen. Like, whether you got a pressure cooker or a Dutch oven or whatever you whatever method you try to, you know, uh, go with, it's more about one, what you're comfortable with, and two, how much time do you got? So you need to opt for the, you need to have the right tools for the job uh, and, and based on your, you know, constraints in terms of your time schedule. But um, I'm actually in the process of getting an outdoor kitchen built right now. So I'm excited to get that. That'll be a new component of the YouTube channel, start showcasing some more of the barbecue stuff. For Honestly, the reason why I don't post much of it is it just doesn't perform that well for me. So I kind of stick to the kitchen uh, for now at least. But um, I'm super passionate about barbecue. One of my favorite uh, foods, for sure.
1: How um, are you concentrating on any other platform other than YouTube, or is YouTube the primary focus right now?
0: For me, I, my, what I, what I think is part of what I would consider part of my success is that I've been able to try to build a, a consistent following on all platforms. Like I got a, almost 100,000 on Twitter. It's super hard to get a following on Twitter. We're doing good on Instagram. Uh, TikTok is doing pretty good. So, you know, I'm, I'm fairly consistent across the board on, on all platforms. And that's kind of been my strategy from day one. It may, I don't know if it's a good or, I think over time, um, I got a, a saying, you don't want to do it the fastest. You want to do it the best. So I may not be growing as quickly as I would if I just focused on one platform, but, you know, having, uh, a little bit of, you know, consistency on all platforms helps, especially today when, you know, all of these platforms are, are kind of fighting for, you know, they're all starting to, to compensate us as, as creators. So it's, it's actually starting to work out in, you know, in my benefit. But, um, yeah, I've, my focus was to try to, to try to be good on everything. Yeah, like
1: it's, it's a marathon, not a sprint. That's for <laughs> yeah. sure. <It's> like <laughs> um,
2: I've seen that you've recently put out some rubs. Is that correct? How, yep. how long have you had those?
0: So I have uh, my third one actually just dropped yesterday um but my first one came out about a it was may so almost getting close to a year and a half now um and then i rolled out the second one probably you know six or seven months after the first one and this is the third third flavor coming out uh this week so uh that's been a huge business and you know you're one of the first people i've seen do that as well so i'm I'm a student of the game i pay attention and and i (laughs) you know take notes on who's doing it right and you know, that that definitely was part of the, the inspiration. Um, but it's, you know, it's a good business to be in if you got the, the right product.
2: What, uh, what flavors do you have?
0: I've got an all-purpose. Um, and the all-purpose did so well that I made a hot version of the all-purpose. So we added a little uh, jalapeno powder and cayenne and things like that uh, to the hot version. And then I have one that I'm calling Lemon Bay, which is like a baby between Old Bay and Lemon Pepper. Um, I, bet so I love could, that. Yeah. 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 So Are that, you go, is it
1: is it B A Y or is it B A E? Because I think that'll be <laughs> think, yep. that's my it's lemon like pepper. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: so Talk about a bowl booster. Out. I know that
1: has to be good with the oh, man. with the seafood.
0: Yep, seafood. Even sea the lemon pepper chicken, stepper wings. wings.
1: Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm already thinking when you start talking like that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> So, are you? Uh, how are you distributing? Are you are you selling primarily on your website, or are you selling like a, you got distribution deals in place, or how's that going?
0: So, right now, I'm um, in a couple of like small uh, grocery stores or butcher shops. I don't have any major distribution. We're doing everything. I was doing everything right out of the out of the man cave of my house until the wife uh, finally convinced me, as hey, you need to get all this stuff out of my out of my house. So now we got the <laughs> the office and the warehouse set up and you know, things are going great, man. We're, we're, we're moving, moving units, so to speak. And, um, no, no major distribution as of yet. I'm trying to, we're in the process of talking to Kroger and a place called Farm Fresh out here, but, um, we haven't landed on anything as of yet. I'm still trying to figure that part out. It'd be nice. Cause we're, you know, putting a lot of man hours into packaging this stuff up and shipping it out.
1: It'll happen, man. I promise you. That's another one of those things. If you put in the work, it will yeah. grow.
0: No doubt. It's, it's, it's a great business. I mean, it's going it's really, really well for me, better than I ever expected it to do. That's for sure.
2: Someone wanted to find your Bang Bang Shrimp recipe or your seafood in a bag or any of your other recipes. Where would they go to find it?
0: So MrMakeItHappen.com actually just uh, finally bit the bullet and, and paid for that. Somebody was uh, <laughs> paid for that and held on to it for a while. But uh, now it's finally MrMakeItHappen.com and then MrMakeItHappen on YouTube for the recipes. I'm, uh, transferring all the, the recipes over to uh, the website as well, so you can have the written uh, ingredients and description, printable recipes on the website. Also, all the products are on the website as well. So everything's at MrMakeItHappen.com.
1: I'm sure the cookbooks on that website too, right?
0: <laughs> Absolutely, yes, sir.
1: Can you get it? Can you get it on Amazon yet?
0: Not yet. We've been you know talking back and forth on. Um, I think the next batch we'll, we'll probably uh, do something with Amazon. We haven't made the final decision
1: yeah. on that as of yet I was, yeah, on a second publish I like that thing
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> means you're moving some cookbooks <laughs> Yes, sir. <laughs> well cool well matt we we really appreciate you taking time out of your day coming on here and and talking to the, uh, a little bit about your business and what you're doing man we wish you all the luck in the world man I know this is a it's a fun job to have when you you know you're you're cooking you're cooking for people and filming it, man. it doesn't get any better than that? <laughs> Best job in the and
0: world. Then
1: I know the, the rub the rub the rub business can can be up and down and some days you wonder it make why they're gonna pull heck your hair out. But yeah. yeah. But it's worth it, man. I tell you, if you if you stick to it, uh, I know you're I know you've been really consistent with everything you're doing, so I do not I d I don't I won't be surprised if if you you know you you do this for a long time. So congratulations on everything, man, and just thanks for hanging out with us.
0: Yeah, man. Likewise. Again, big fan of everything you've been doing. I've uh, been, been watching for a long time. Like I said, long before I ever, uh, decided to do this myself. So, uh, I think that, you know, you probably influenced a whole lot of people that you may not even know about to, uh, you know, take on this job, so to speak. And, uh, you know, hats off to you for, for being one of the pioneers of, you know, what we're doing. It's a whole industry now. So you were early to the game. <laughs>
1: Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, I appreciate you watching. That's not to everybody. If y'all didn't watch, I wouldn't be here doing it. So. There, you there you go. Yeah. Well, hey, look, man. Y'all follow Matt. Check him out on all the platforms. It's Mister Make It Happen. Mister Make It Happen dot com. You can check out his three lines of rubs he has, his seasonings. Get that cookbook, and y'all give him a follow and check out what he's doing over on the East Coast.
0: Yes, sir. Thanks so much. I appreciate it.
1: Yes, sir. So that was cool. Matt came on, tell us a little bit about his business, what's going on over on the East Coast.
2: I can't believe he's only been doing it for two years.
1: I know. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I mean, there's been a ton like of channels that started right at the pandemic yeah. that just blowed up because people were staying at home cooking and watching content like that. It flipped the script on YouTube growth. Yeah. Like ours. It took us 10 years to get to where we were, you know, before, I mean, it really did. And you've got guys now that, man, there's so many. It shows you how many eyes are on it now. Yeah. They switched from watching things like the Food Network cooking channel to where they're getting their cooking stuff on their social platforms.
2: I mean, the cooking channel didn't even put out cooking shows
1: anymore. Yeah. yeah it's all reality TV stuff. Yeah.
2: Speaking of uh, something, uh, Max Amiga. Yeah. He, did you see where he like
1: used Mooglu? He, I'll tell you what he did. He took, okay. he took a, whole brisket and a pork belly and was it a brisket point uh no it's a brisket flat flat. okay it's a brisket flat a giant brisket flat the same size as a pork belly and smashed them together (laughs) no what he did he cut them in strips it looked like think of the american flag the you know the red and the white stripes on the flag and so he had a strip of pork belly a strip of brisket and he just kept alternating them and use that glue. It's like um, it's meat paste. It's like a it's a it's powdery a paste. Glue. Yeah, I, f- I forget the actual chemical name of it. But transglutamase or something like that. What and it- you mix it up. and You don't want to breathe it. it will, they say it will glue your nostrils shut. Yeah. times it's, it's introduced to a a meat, and I guess our no- nose is like
2: enzymes or something. I don't know exactly I don't know. what it is. Yeah.
1: But it binds to it and it closes stuff up. So no. you when, wear you know, when I say you can glue stuff, glue skin together or glue meat together, it definitely will. Proteins is probably what it's doing. But you get that moisture right and you put it on the surface of the meat and you put them together and it sticks and it binds it as one. You can't pull it apart. So he did that, alternating brisket, port, uh, port belly, and did this whole big like it looked like the flag. And then he he did even did, added some kind of blue rub or something on it, made it. I mean, put little stars. Yeah, like, that yeah, didn't yeah. that didn't translate when he cooked it, but when he cut it and sliced it, you got like a in the perfect like brisket size slice. It was like a bite of pork belly, bite of brisket, bite of pork belly. I was like, man, that's crazy. I don't know. I'm not big on like chemical additives and doing all that stuff to my beat like that. But I wanted to try that so bad. Oh, yeah. He make Max <laughs> makes it look so good on there.
3: He took, like, a New York strip recently and, like, turned it, like, he completely cut it into strips and stuff and made it into a braid and then cooked it hot and fast and it, it turned it from a steak, like, this big to probably, like, oh, really? a couple feet long. Oh, really? Cooked it real hot and fast, cooked it medium rare, and it looked... So
1: oh, I have to check that. He does some unique stuff. Yeah. You know, Mark and Jay Durbin, Mark Williams and Jay Durbin, when we first started doing SCAs, they were trying to make like a Frankensteak. <laughs> they would pick their two, they would take their two uh, ribeyes they got or whatever. Is this a secret? No, but they would okay. use that glue and they would take this spinalis off one and like cut all, and like dissect it, like kind of like Tyler's talking about pull all the fat out, Mooglue stuff back together and put double spinalis on it to where it's just like, man, this is just some kind of monstrosity uh, yeah. uh, built here. I don't even know if that's a word. Frankenstein. Yeah, it was a Frankenstein, Frankenby. But it was, I mean, it's like, dang, but you can do it. That is some bad stuff. It scares me when they, when I got a When it comes to the warning like yeah. that, it says don't breathe it. I was like, I don't know if I want to put this in my arsenal of cooking stuff.
2: When they um were telling me about I remember when, Y'all were playing with it, and I was like,
1: "eh." The first place I heard about of it was in KCBS. People were using it to glue on their chicken skin to make sure that yeah, you got yeah, bite through skin that. because you don't want a judge to bite it and it pull off. So they were taking it, sprinkling a little, you know, on the surface of the chicken thigh, and putting that skin back on it and it stick to it. I'm just too messy or clumsy or I don't know. I'd I, I would it. I would be breathing. <laughs> I, every
3: time I did it, I was like, <laughs> it oh,
1: all over me. Yes, yeah. You know?
3: So does it just make it better when it's cooked? Because like you're swallowing it,
1: so like <laughs> it, don't, it has no flavor. No, it, it all it is is binding yeah, I mean, proteins at that together. Point,
2: yeah, at that point, it's bonded. There's supposed to be
1: no. Like I don't know what it. What's it doing? It's really in your know. guts. That's what I'm saying. Like, is it like if you cook it? Does it?
2: Surely, at that point, at that.
3: I don't know. I guess it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, yeah. I mean, they
2: sell it for meat, so you can.
1: Yeah. What?
2: What's the? What? What's the original purpose of it?
1: You know what I think it is? I'm <laughs> making these engineered steaks and selling to people like it's a real cut of steak and it's just like all ground up stuff and Yeah. I think I I I'm pretty certain that I've been to restaurants before. I've bought a steak and it's like this the steak price or something something fishy here. And it just be it's supposed to be a ribeye and it's just chunks of like meat and fat. So they've done done so. and I didn't know what it was back then, but I th- I think that's what it is. I'm sure there's a purpose for it in the meat industry.
2: Yeah, I'm sure.
1: I've seen some cool stuff where people did it, like the putting chicken skin on fish, and things like that, and different things where chefs have done some stuff with it. But I don't really know what what all we're eating that's got that stuff in it yeah. in the real world. Maybe it's in hot dogs. I don't know. <laughs>
2: Probably <laughs> Just glue them all together. Put a
1: little <laughs> bit of that in there. Stick it together.
2: That's why they taste so good.
1: That's a good research project for next week's podcast, Shell. When you get some free time, like you got free time, <laughs> Google transglutaminase and see where it's being used. I think that's how you say it.
2: Come back with a little.
1: If you put meat glue, they're not gonna, you're not going to find that much. Yeah, You've got to get yeah. that chemical name and go search it and see the uses of transglutaminase in the food industry and see where.
2: And what happens to it after you eat it.
1: Yeah. And- yeah. And if you put some in capsule form and gave it to somebody and they swallowed it, what would that do to them? <laughs> oh, <laughs> Whoa. I, I, was, I was just thinking. You <laughs> took <Halloween>. that <laughs> I'd cut that out.
3: I don't want to poison <laughs> nobody,
1: Cut that out. I'm
3: never screwing up at this company.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Here, take these vitamins. <laughs> Glue your guts together.
2: <laughs> It'd be like the worst thing you could do to
1: somebody. <laughs> It'd be terrible, wouldn't it? I've been listening to too much true crime podcast. (laughs) I know what's wrong with it. Swallow swallow meat glue. (laughs) Y'all check him. That was kind of reaction.
2: (laughs) Uh, So I do have a question for you. Um, Someone posted this in the um, community last week. Yeah. And I was going to ask you last week, but I didn't get around to it. Um, But it's about making your own rub. Yeah. So which sugar is best? Do you want to use a white sugar, cane sugar, sugar in the raw, brown sugar, or does it matter?
1: All three. I do. When I started making, I like the combination of all of them. I mean, I you know, I use white sugar. I, and I say my rub has three sugars in it. It's got white sugar, it's got brown sugar, and it has like turbinado sugar. And they all have different textures and different flavors. So white sugar is just sweetener. A lot of times you see it just like cane sugar or something like that. It's just plain sugar, and it's been, you know it's i'm sure it's been chemically treated or whatever to make it table sugar but um brown sugar has more of that molassesy flavor to it it's it's more i guess closer to its raw state but it's still not raw sugar and that's why i like raw sugar too because it has a crystalline it's kind of bigger chunk or bigger flake of sugar think of it like sea salt it's kind of like Sugar in the Raw is kind of like that version to me where you've got a bigger chunk of crystal. It's a different flavor, too. It's kind of real yeah. caramelly. You know, it doesn't have that molasses flavor. But that's the whole thing. So if I was using one, I would put a combination. And I do the same thing with my chili peppers, too, chili powders. I like using different ones. I like using different paprikas in them uh, because you get different flavors, and it's unique. You know, just because you say I put paprika in a rub well there's sweet paprika there's smoked paprika there's Hungarian paprika there's some of them are hot some of them are earthy different flavors different colors of them and so it does you know it does different things to your rub so I would experiment with the different types
2: that's a good answer
1: oh. that's what very that's,
2: thorough yeah.
1: <laughs> well it's Halloween weekend and oh I got a I did a new drink uh, Tyler we're gonna get that drink pushed out Yep. the, By the time mon- you listen to this, it'll be. Monster Mash. Get you messed up. Mashed. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it will turn you Yeah. It's, it's gonna, so I don't know how I got to thinking. It's like, well, how, I've got this fireball pie that we did. And I don't know, if, is, it, is it edited yet, Tyler? Yeah. It's just going to be a TikTok. You know, I'll put the stuff like that on TikTok. Well, I really did a really good pumpkin pie. I surprised myself with it because I had never made a pumpkin pie. I don't like pumpkin pie oh. until I put fireball in it. And I was like, you know what? I'm a genius. This is great.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I will say this. um, Cooking pies on a pellet grill. Oh,
1: fantastic. It is a perfect. They set perfect. They don't overbrown. You don't have to worry about the crust getting too. And that was what I was concerned. It's like, man, it's a raw deep dish pie crust, like frozen. Like you get Kroger in the frozen section. And then I mixed up this. um, It's like pumpkin puree, uh, sweetened condensed milk, a couple eggs, vanilla, pumpkin pie spice, and some fireball. That goes in the mixture. You mix okay. all that up, pour that into pie crust, put it on the pit. I started out a little high, and after ten minutes, took it back down to like three fifty. Cooked it till it set, let it cool, and you could taste all those elements in it. Like the fireball came through in it. I'm sure the alcohol's kicked off. It's probably a mental thing, but it had a cinnamon. Yeah, I thought sweet. I would if you'd have let me try that, I would have told you it's sweet potato pie. I wouldn't have thought it was pumpkin, because I don't think I like pumpkin. I, remember, I just remember my granny getting these, what they called cow pumpkins. There was these big, giant pumpkins, like or- pale orange. It, looked, it wasn't know one you'd want to cut a jack-o'-lantern face in. Yeah. This was like something that growed out in somebody's pasture, it looked like. And they would dig all this old nasty stuff out, make it, spend all this time cooking pumpkin on the stovetop and then serve it in a bowl. I was like, I'm not eating that. I mean, it just looked like, I don't know what it looked like. It, you, can, you can imagine what it looked like. Yeah, I was like, I don't-, I don't like pumpkin. I don't like it. I've
2: always heard that pumpkin is sweet potato (laughs) when you buy it in the can. Oh, really? Mostly. I I can see that. I can
1: see that. But anyway, it tastes like sweet potato to me, but it was delicious. And so I I knew we had that coming out. And I said, well, Halloween's coming up. My buddy Chuck's doing his party thing Saturday night. And uh, I said, well, I need to come up with a drink so I can drink, you know. And so I said, well, let's make something green and call it Monster Mash. And I said, all right, what do I got good in the liquor cabinet? And I was like, ooh, I got thinking about zombies and monsters and things like that. So I got overproof rum. If that don't scream witch doctor or somebody zombifying somebody, I don't know what to do. So I got out my overproof rum, got out some Malibu rum, just kind of offset that. To make it green, I used some Maduri. I used some pineapple juice for some, you got to have something, you know, a little sweet to kick it up. And then to take it to that monster level. Monster Energy Drink.
2: When, yeah, so when did the Monster Energy Drink enter the thought process?
1: So, you know you know, really how I thought about that? In one of my fantasy football leagues I'm in with the kids, my team name is Max Monsters, and I was looking for a little helmet logo that you can put on there so people can see it's you. And I got to looking up logos, and I found the Monster Energy logo, and I said, oh, I'm going to snip that and use it on my fantasy football. So I was looking at my scores, and I saw that, and I was like, Monster Mash, Monster Energy, yeah. So I've got the I've got the rum to, the overproof rum which is y'all don't mess with overproof rum. don't get in there flame it is like the it is like the Everclear of rum I mean it's bad to the bone like that it's like Caribbean
2: little, moonshine
1: yeah pretty much is yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jamaican moonshine it's like the the Ray and nephew brand it's the yeah. real deal stuff what like you even.
2: Where'd you even get that bottle? Don't worry about it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. hope it gets through customs yeah. bottles. <laughs> hope it gets back. You can't just go to the liquor store and get uh-uh. that. Okay, so you got a substitute there. Just use Bricardi uh light rum. I don't I hadn't made it with this first time I ever made this drink. But it was Really, really good. I mean, Tyler, am I wrong? It, it was really, really
3: awesome. I do think if you're scared of the Monster Energy drink, you could probably just go a little heavier on the
1: pineapple, and it's no, still probably no, taste no, really no, good. Go Monster Energy. You think? Was, I mean, it's well, Halloween. So here's my thing. <laughs> you gave me online. one of these two gauge straws to drink it with. <laughs> I'm
2: talking
1: about it. it's the extra wide model, like for a smoothie. Like you trying to get up a? It
2: the, is a smoothie. The straw. concrete.
1: You know, <laughs> yeah. You can get that through it. So I stuck that down in the in the pint glass. I said, all right, I'm going to kill this one on camera. He'll look cool. It wasn't like, first off, the rum hits you and that, and you start feeling it go down and burn a little bit. And then the monster comes over you, and five minutes later, your head's all hot.
3: And it's like, man, I'm ready to go. Like, we were
1: still filming a video that day. That was one drink, and I probably shouldn't have sucked it down like a shot, but y'all got to try that. Monster Mash ain't no joke.
2: I didn't try it. I'm a little afraid yeah. of Monster Tyler took
1: a sip of it. I think Mikey took a sip of it. I took a sip and I felt like kind of hot and stuff. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, it's a warming feeling.
2: It's a strong drink. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you got overproof it, didn't, it
1: only had two ounces of Monster Now, It had two ounces of overproof rum
2: and two ounces of uh, Malibu
1: and two ounces of Maduri.
2: Yeah. And Maduri's, is yeah. what, 40 proof? Yeah. Yeah.
1: It'll melt your brains.
2: <laughs> it will. <laughs> It'll it
1: definitely turn you into a monster for a little while. <laughs> They could have called it the Jekyll and Hyde, I guess. Cause it, yeah, because the energy is getting out, you, yeah.
2: keeping you up when you should be going down. Yeah, that's what I was thinking <laughs> with the rum.
1: Man, that would be a killer cocktail, just overproof rum, like a, like what do you call them, Jagger bombs, but the yeah. monster mm-hmm. and overproof. <laughs> Ooh, son, no, you go to the hospital. No, thank you. I had enough of you those. You want to do that shot? Hey, so we stopped back, but we, we stopped in to watch a football game on our way back from Atlanta. And one Miller Light led to another, led to Jager bombs. Oh, no. And I hadn't done Jager bombs, and I don't know. We
2: swore them off years ago. Swore
1: them off, yeah, for good reason. <laughs> After two or three Jager bombs, I remember why I swore off Jager bombs. Oh, no. That was a good one.
2: I had to drive back. <laughs> <Shall> I- <laughs> the next day. We obviously took a cab that night, but the next day.
3: Oh, good times. Vegas bombs used to be a big thing. I think it's yeah. like. Cranberry juice, yeah. Red Bull, and vodka. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. it, is it, yeah, vodka? If I'm not
1: mistaken. And the, they were what pretty happens, good. No, it's Crown, isn't it? Uh, yeah, you might be I right. It is Crown. Crown. Yeah. Can't go yeah. wrong with that one either. Really good.
2: Um, so, yeah, this weekend is Halloween weekend. Um. We'll probably be cooking some hot dogs because to me, hot dogs just sounds like I'm
1: so tired of hot dogs.
3: <laughs> <laughs> What if she breaks the nacho cheese machine out? That...
1: I don't know. I haven't even got that far yet, Chill. I'll, we'll come up with a game plan, okay. but I, let's, let's, let's don't do hot
2: dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to do them for the kids. <laughs> I,
1: know. I think we're going to La Siesta. <laughs> oh, man. Now we're talking, see? <laughs> now we're talking. <laughs> Spooky margaritas? You think they got a spooky margarita? I don't know.
2: We can go find out. i make whatever you get You get spooky real quick.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Just add monster energy. All right. <laughs> no, we're going to have something good this weekend. I promise you. It's Halloween. You got to yeah. have fun.
2: Well, everybody have a happy, happy Halloween.
1: Yeah. And um, appreciate everybody hanging out with us. Yep. Tyler, tell them about the community and the app and all that good stuff.
3: If y'all would like to join a community of like-minded people and some awesome, like, backyard pitmaster professionals, I like to call them, uh, make sure you guys go to Facebook.com and check out our Let's Get to Cooking community page. And make sure y'all share your recipes from this weekend. If you're making, like, hot dog mummies, anything like that on the grill, we want to see them.
1: Hot dog mummies. <laughs> mummy meatloaf. That's what we're going to have, mummy meatloaf. We haven't had that in so long.
3: And make sure you guys check out all of Malcolm's favorite recipes on the How to Barbecue right app available on the Google Play
1: and Apple Store. All right. Well, hey, Shell. Where else can they find us on social?
2: If you'd like to connect with Malcolm, it's how to BBQ Right on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and of course YouTube. If you'd like to connect with me, it's Miss Southern Shell.
1: All right. Well, I hope y'all had a great day. Thanks for tuning in at How to Barbecue Right today. We will be back next week, new month. Uh Tuesday Bye. night, I'll be on Greg Rampy because it's the first Tuesday, November. I will be on the Barbecue Central podcast. So y'all check that out. And we will see y'all next week. We gone.